So welcome to this fifth session, the landscape of our bodies and minds. And um, in true form to the University of Oxford, I'm going to start with a little bit of Latin, but don't, don't let me put, don't let that put anybody off. Mens sana incorpore sano. A healthy mind in a healthy body. It was written in a satirical verse by Juvenal in Roman times, so thousands of years ago. Why am I starting with Latin? That seems an odd thing to do. This kind of contemplation of the mind and the body and the relationship between them is something that humankind has been pondering, thinking about for thousands of years. And the way we relate to our body, the way we understand our mind now, is very much within the context of what we know from medicine, what we've learned growing up. But when Juvenal wrote that phrase in that satirical verse, it was a sort of invitation to think about how our mind, located in our body, is fundamental to our health. And even with the passage of more than 2,000 years, or nearly 2,000 years, that's really unchanged. And the theme of this evening is about how we, through our own mindfulness practice and whatever else we do, can cultivate better, deeper, more nuanced understanding of our bodies and our minds in the service of greater well-being. That's quite wordy. Let's just bring this down to earth a little bit. Consider a sneeze. <laughs> can you think the last time you sneezed? Gosh, I can see somebody on the screen just looks like they just had a little sneeze just at the word sneeze. A sneeze is a very, very seemingly automatic kind of um, reaction in the body, right? It comes from a sort of strong bodily impulse and it has quite a strong kind of reactivity in the body. And there's this thing that's been observed for a long time called photic sneezing. Somewhere between, I don't know, 15% and 33% of people, when they come out of darkness into bright light, sneeze. I've long known <laughs> that if I'm on the verge of sneezing and I want to get that sneeze out there and it's a sunny day, if I look up at the sun, I'll somehow sneeze. What's that all about? And even today, scientists don't quite fully understand what that's about. I guess it's something to do with the sympathetic nervous system, the dilation and the constriction of the pupils, the body getting some kind of signal that it's something, some need to expel from the nose and the sneeze. We don't quite fully understand. But this very bodily sensation the mind and the visual system somehow get involved. Here's something else to consider. Think about before the pandemic. Was there something before the pandemic that you used to worry about, that you've noticed you haven't worried about since the pandemic? Something come to mind? To see if you can bring something to mind that you used to worry about 
that you don't worry about anymore. I used to worry quite a lot about my daughter on bicycles in London because she's not very good on bicycles and I was always worried that she'd come a cropper and have an accident on her bicycle. But she's not in London anymore because she's given up the flat and that's not a worry anymore. And the nature of worry is the mind grabs onto something and it turns it into something that it needs to be concerned with. It needs to work out. But later in time, you can look back on worries and go, what was that all about? The mind had somehow fabricated something that may or may not have been a real worry. And it really can be so consuming. What about views? Views that we can take. Think about somebody in the world, a political leader. You probably spend more time thinking about or talking about to friends than any other political leader. Okay, I'm not going to say who that might be. Now put that person's name in the following sentence. That person is. Do, 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 do. Out will trot a whole series of views. And the same is true, and probably more profoundly, about the stories that we start to tell ourselves. I love this quote from um, Krishnamurti. The day you teach a child the name of a bird, the child will never see that bird again. The day you teach a child, the name of a bird, say magpie, say crow, and then you say magpies are this, and there's a rhyme about magpies, and if you see only one, it's bad luck, and if you seven, it's blah, blah, blah. They will never see that bird or that experience in that kind of bare attention kind of way again. And that is so potentially interesting in relation to so many of the stories we tell about ourselves, about other people, and about the world. And that's the theme of this evening. The building blocks we've put in place already is this idea that when we step out of a life of franticness, a life of automaticity, a life of habit, we start to, to use the phrase, wake up. When we start to wake up, and pay attention in a particular way, that can be quite transformative. We can start to feel a really empowering sense of agency from that skill of what we pay attention to and how we pay attention. And then we moved on to a sense of how the body, this landscape of the mind but also the body is something that can be an anchor and a source of wisdom and we're beginning to open up to that and the final building block that these last few weeks we've been putting together is this idea of the possibility of broadening raising our gaze and broadening our gaze to be able to open up to not just the things we might settle on by habit, but more the things that we can really appreciate in our lives. We're broadening and raising our horizon to the things that we can potentially 
appreciate in our lives. So what I'd like to do um, in the practice this evening is to lead a practice that introduces us to this idea of coming really close up to the landscape of our minds and bodies, piece by piece. I'm going to start with the body. There's this amazing psychologist um, called Laurie um, Numena, and he's run these um, studies where he's asked quite literally thousands of people what happens in their body when they experience different kinds of emotion. And um, we'll put into the chat in a moment a link to one of the papers. I believe it's open access. But if you, um, if you talk about anger, and the way he's done it, it's, it's very, very clever. In the images, you see these little images of bodies. You'll see them in, the, in, in, the, um, in this particular paper by Laurie um, um, Numena. With anger, the whole of the core of the body, the hands, the arms, the head, feel really vibrant, really alive. There's a real sense of energy and aliveness in the body when we feel angry. And the more intense the anger, the more we feel that. Depression is interesting. Depression is the opposite. With depression, there is a sense of the whole body feeling closed down, feeling deadened, like there's not much going on at all. So what we see in these images as people describe what's happening in their body is just a sense of, there's really a sense of deadness, a sense of not much going on in the body at all. And maybe particularly in the head and the face and in the core. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you take the image for depression and then you describe people, when you feel a sense of love, they're like mirror images. With love, there is a sense of um, a glow through the whole of the body, perhaps particularly strong in the chest and in the torso and the face around the eyes and the mouth. So what I'm getting to here is this, in the landscape of our minds and bodies, different emotions are experienced in different ways in the body. And then we get really complicated emotions. I know we have some people here from Germany listening in. The Germans have got an amazing word. Some of you will know it, Schadenfreude. I love this word. It captures an emotion very, very clearly, which most people recognize, but it's quite a complicated emotion. It's where people take delight in somebody else's misery. It's hard to admit to this, right? It's hard to admit to this because it doesn't feel like a very nice emotion to have, but somebody that you discover something's happened to them that's not so good and you get this sense of, oh, I'm quite pleased about that. That's quite a complicated emotion that's experienced in a particular way in the body. So we get these sort of quite primal emotions like anger, we get these more complex emotions which have got a whole story on top of them. Their misery somehow gives me a sense of delight. And then we get the rich, rich landscape of thoughts and images, stories, the plans, the memories, and so on. So what I'm going to do is um, lead a practice. And within the practice, what I'm going to ask you to do 
is to really try and stay as close as possible to the bodily sensations, to the thoughts, to the images, and the impulses as they come up and watch the way they can very quickly, like links in a chain, start to create an experience. So to go back to my earlier example, in my visual field, I see a magpie coming across my visual field and I can see the movement of the magpie flying. The minute I know that's a magpie, in my mind, I'm saying, oh, there are two magpies that live just near where I live. And I see them most mornings and they do this, that. My mind is immediately chained into a story. It's given them a name, it's given them a home, it's given them a family unit, and it's given them a whole past and potentially a future as well. So as I lead the practice, really inviting people to stay very close to your experience. So let's transition <clears throat> into some practice. And this practice is a mindfulness of breath, body, sounds and thoughts practice. And just as we settle into the practice, just invite you to very deliberately soften and relax the body. You might know some areas of the body that feel tight, contracted, tense. Make a movement of softening and relaxing the body or areas of the body. And see if you can do the same with the mind. Maybe there's some areas of the mind that feel a bit contracted. It's loosening, softening the mind. And just come to a sense of the whole body sitting, lying or standing here with a sense of just tracking through the core of the body, maybe from the sitting bones at the bottom of the spine through the length of the spine, the shoulders, the top of the spine, the skull sitting on top of the spine, with a sense of strength through the core of the body. And just as you set yourself up for the practice, a sense of the senses being open, senses of hearing, sense of touch, And then in your own way, settling your attention, anchoring your attention with the sensations of breathing. Calibrating a sense of curiosity and interest in this in-breath. and out breath. And 
when I say calibrating, this sense of just having enough interest to hold your attention, but not so much that it feels like you're straining. And calibrating a sense of friendliness with the breath. Ah, here's the breath. That reliable part of the landscape of my body from the moment I'm born, threading through every moment, including this one of my life. Settling and anchoring to the sensations of breathing. Just want to add one final piece to the experience of breathing, the attending to the breath, the sense of interest, the sense of friendliness. Just see if you can open up to the sensations with an awareness of aspects of the experience that feel maybe neutral, aspects that actually are experienced as quite pleasant. about the rhythm or the temperature. And there might be some aspects of the experience that are unpleasant. Maybe it's a bit shallow or feels a bit tight. And knowing that here too, you can calibrate. You can choose which aspects of your experience, including this breath, you orient your attention towards. If you orient your attention to a sense of the pleasant aspects of the breath, allowing yourself to savor that, allowing yourself to savor that. So having anchored your attention in the breath, just broadening your awareness out now to a sense of the whole body. So if you like, just keeping the breath as a, an anchor, if you like, but broadening your awareness out to a sense of the whole body. Interested in what's happening in the rest of the body. a sense of friendliness to what you discover in the rest of the body. Just letting your attention move around the body. And doing this in whatever way 
feels appropriate to you. So you could either perhaps choose to scan up through the body from the feet up to the head or from the head down to the feet, or just let your attention settle in different parts of the body of your choosing, perhaps where the sensations are strongest. Interesting. There's perhaps something to explore. And knowing too, that with your attention, with the flashlight of your attention, you can choose to orient towards parts of the body where there's perhaps a, a feeling tone that's pleasant. Or if there's a feeling tone that's unpleasant, you have a choice about do you go there or do you not? And if you do, can you go there with a sense of friendliness? To broadening the awareness out to a sense of the whole body, this moment, with interest. With friendliness. with a sense of choice about where you focus, how you focus your attention. See if you can meet experiences right up close with a real sense of intimacy. Is the feeling tone pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Is it subtle? Is it intense? Is it focal or localized or diffuse? Is it deep inside of the body? Is it on the surface? And inevitably, inevitably, the mind will spin off into associations, into stories. See if you can notice that. Each time you notice it, come back to the intimate connection with the body. Ah, oh, there's my mind telling a story about my back pain. Or a mind telling the story about this, that, or the other. Firmly, gently, with interest, with friendliness, with a sense of agency, coming back to the direct experience of the body. But noting that chaining process, noting how the mind makes those associations, tells those stories.
just simple invitation. Just let your attention come up close to the sensations in the body with interest, with friendliness, and with a sense of active choice. I can choose where I place my attention in the body. Maybe be playful with that. Oh, I'm really drawn to attending to this part of the body. Let's just scan and see if there are other parts of the body that maybe could do with some interested, friendly attention. Okay, and if it feels okay with you, we're gonna just keep the anchor of the, um, the breath, if you like, always there available as somewhere to anchor the, the tension. Let the body drop into the background of attention, awareness, and choosing now to foreground sounds. So a sense of sounds coming in through the sense organs of the ears. And that same interest, kind of um, if you like beginner's mind. Where does the sound begin? Where does it end? Where is it experienced in space? In front, behind, close, far away. And just see the mind getting involved. Ah, I know what that sound is. watching the mind, labeling, naming, storying. Ah, isn't that interesting the way the mind does that? Being friendly with that too, and then just coming back to simply as best you can, hearing. There may even be some resonance in the body from hearing. So bring your full attention 
to the sense of hearing. If you come up really close to hearing, just see if you can see the point at which sounds have a feeling tone. Where before even thinking about it, or in no sense even thinking about it, the mind and the body have made up their mind if this is a pleasant sound. This is an unpleasant sound. Well, this is a neutral sound. So you can come up right close to the, to the direct bare experience of hearing and the place where the mind very automatically, even, even before thinking, is making up its mind about sounds in terms of pleasant and unpleasant. And if it's okay with you, whenever you're ready, just again, using the breath as the anchor, we're gonna get, let sounds fall into the background of awareness. And with the attention anchored in the breath, choose now to foreground thoughts and images themselves. It's a bit like weather patterns. See if we can stay anchored in the breath watch thoughts and images moving through the sky of awareness. Again, just this real sense of moving up close with intimacy to the thoughts, to the images. Are they experiences pleasant or unpleasant? Are they sticky? Is it easy to get caught up into them? Get carried away by them? Or the opposite? They bland maybe. Not very interesting. might be very quiet and very subtle. They must be, might be much louder and commanding or domineering. Again, meeting the quality of these thoughts with interest, with friendliness. Ah, oh, there's a quiet, subtle thought. There's a louder, more sticky thought. There's a whole story unfolding. Wow. 
knowing that the breath and the body are always there as an anchor, always there as a place to come back to. Knowing too that the mind has got this incredible capacity for protection. It knows that something doesn't want looking at. It isn't wise to look at something. Seeing that too and trusting that. But also knowing that there's sometimes the possibility to turn towards something pleasant and savour it. thought of a loved one or something that's happened that you feel pleased about or happy about. Ah, oh, there's that thought. Just savouring it, coming back to the anchor. What's next? Which little weather pattern is going to come up next? I used to live in the southwest of England and I learned that it wasn't sensible to look at the weather forecast. Better just to look out the window and see what was coming in the next five, 10, 30 minutes. Because in a given day, the weather could change through more or less four seasons. And the mind can be a bit like that too. So sitting here, anchored, watching the little weather patterns of thoughts and images. just in the final few moments of the practice, coming back to the anchor of the breath, solid anchor of the breath, with a more open awareness of whatever else is around, and the landscape and the weather of the body and the mind in this moment. this sense of anchored awareness, open to whatever's around in the mind and the body, is a practice that you can continue on if you choose to. Thank you.